0: I've actually come close to getting a vendor take back on multiple properties, but always with the financing, that's usually where it gets complicated.
1: You're listening to The Right Club Podcast, where the focus is all about helping you grow your real estate investment portfolio and live the life you want to live. Come grow with us and join our community at therightclub.com. And now your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi.
2: Hello, Right Club nation. It's Laurel Simmons here. Before we get started, I wanted to ask you a quick question. Have you checked out our online community yet? I really hope you do because our online community is a place where you can find lots of education, training and information about real estate investing and about general business. Plus, it's a great place to network with like minded people. We have interactive forums, all our podcast episodes and tons of videos about a wide range of topics. It's free to join, so be sure to come grow with us at therightclub.com. Now, on with our podcast.
3: Right Club Nation, welcome back to this week's podcast episode. My name is Sarah Larby. I'm here with my co-host, Laurel Simmons. Laurel, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Sarah. What about you on this rather rainy day today? Yeah, I know. You know what? It's, uh, I guess it helps with the grass, but (laughs) we've had a nice summer so far. No, things are good. I'm uh, doing this podcast from my cottage and, uh, you know, I will say cottage rentals this summer. I mean, not that they're not good any summer, but wow. Even through September, through October, people are wanting to get away. And uh, I just wish I had more cottages. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. it's, it's fun to enjoy it in between as well. But what's new with you? Any uh, any new real estate news?
2: We've we've sold a couple. I mean, this is a a seller's market right now. Yeah, the the, the bidding wars—it's just like you just kind of your jaw drops, right? You know, no conditions and way over asking, and and it's really it it really is insane. Um, and I, I it, it sounds funny as a seller, but I really, really am looking forward to the market sort of evening out a little bit because this can't continue. It it does It won't be. It, it's not sustainable. And we've got to like we've got to get some equilibrium here. Just like you know, come on. Because it's fine to sell, but it, you also want to buy more. But you, I'm not. We're not going into uh, bidding wars, and we're investors. You don't get caught up in the emotion, right? You have your numbers. You stick to them, and that's what you do.
3: Yeah, exactly. I mean, we had a great cottage that we put an offer in a couple of weeks ago now, and it went for two hundred and seventy-five thousand over asking with no conditions. I mean. We're obviously competing in a market right now that we are not competing against too many other investors. These are homeowners or people that likely are moving from Toronto or somewhere else. Um, but it, it's it's tough right now because everything, as as you will hear, everything's going into multiples, even in the smaller, you know, B towns or you know, out of the the big cities in the smaller towns. But like you said, Laurel, at some point, hopefully it'll even itself out a little bit so that we can uh, we can keep buying. But real estate is a cycle, right? There's there's yep. craziness. Uh And at some point, it will stop. And at some point, it'll turn around. And so just, uh, you know, plan for the good plan for the bad. Um, but the other really cool thing, Laurel, is we've got Some great new things at therightclub.com. We've got lots of people asking questions, answering questions in the forums. We've got new content and we're going to keep adding content. So guys, if you haven't registered for therightclub.com, created your profile, connected with other like-minded individuals, don't wait, go do that now. It is awesome. Message me, add me as a friend, message Laurel, add her as a friend. We want to create that Canadian community coast to coast, so that you guys have access to building your team, to getting your questions answered, to connecting with others, finding JV partners, and so many more things. Yeah, and it's absolutely free. So just go, sign up, join us. We'd, we'd love to see you there. Awesome. So today's guest, Francois, is actually one of our own team members and he works at the right club and uh, and he's on there too so you guys feel free to go and and talk to him at the as well um but wow he's so great and inspiring and he's really started it from uh you know really ultimately buying something flipping it living in it starting from scratch and what he's built is just wow it's just amazing so i'm, I'm super excited to uh to have the right Cl- club nation meet francois and, uh, and listen to his, uh, his great accomplishments and how he's been able to do it.
2: Yeah, I mean, he's a classic example of you just, you don't really know what you're doing. You start with one um, and wow, he's just grown immensely. So he and his wife, they moved into the house and fixed it up and sold it. And from that, they took off. So uh, you're absolutely right. There's nothing, there's nothing special about it. They
3: just decided to do it. They did it and look where they are now. Absolutely. So, Laurel, what do you say? Shall we uh, play the podcast episode? I think we should. Let's go. All right. Welcome, Francois. How are you? Good, and you? Good. I'm excited to have you, first and foremost, because you work with The Right Club and uh, have done so many amazing things. But you are an inspiration because I look at what you've been able to do in the last couple years and wow, just wow. So before we uh, we dive into it, can you let us know, 30,000 foot view, who you are and what you do when it comes to real estate?
0: Yes, for sure. I'm, I'm also very excited, first of all, to be on a podcast. <laughs> very exciting for me and to be working for the right club. It's, uh, it's a dream come true. And I sound like a uh, bad advertising. But anyway, <laughs> uh, so yeah, what do I do? Um So real estate, a lot of people get into real estate for the investments and the freedom and all that. I agree. But my wife and I, we studied interior design. So we actually like the bricks and mortar. Uh, We actually like going into the ugly old houses and looking at potential. And we don't like cleaning up the buildings, but we enjoy that part. And then, yes, the freedom to do what we want to do and teach our kids as well about uh, solid investments. Uh, my kids are now quite a bit involved in our business and it's only in the past few months, but now they're really into it. You walk past buildings and like, oh, let's run the numbers on this place, things like that. So yeah, that's kind of it in a nutshell.
2: So when you say that you, you were in, in interior designers, um, I mean, that's one thing to look at a house and say, well, I'd like to do it, but. We all we, we know that there's a lot more to do with flipping houses because I'm assuming that's what you're you, you really talking about at that point. That, that just you know some and, and people understand have to understand that interior design is different from interior decorating, right? Yes, interior exactly. Interior design is very much very very close to to architecture, uh, inter- and, and the interior space. So what like what was your first what was your first deal like? Wh- what made you do it and, and what did you do?
0: Yes. Well, our very first house, that's how, that's where I kind of start. It's a, about 15 years ago and we called it uh, live live in flip. So the house had beautiful hot pink, everything. Everything was hot pink. The, the trim, the doors, it had a blue tub. Um, everything was nasty. It was built in 1971. It was the raised ranch and It was just poorly laid out, the basement. They had cut out some of it and put in a garage. And it was just a a mess. But we were uh, a young couple buying the house. And we're like, okay, we're going to make money with this one. It's on a good street. It had good fundamentals. It was a nice brick exterior, uh, two fireplaces. Uh, The bedrooms were there, but it just needed a a big refresh. So we moved in there with our our young kids back then. Uh, We just had a, a baby and a a three-year-old and um, not three years old back then. But anyway, very young kids. And um, we just looked at the potential. How much could we resell it for in two years time? And we did all that. And that's how we made a a little bit of cash on that first one. And it led us to our second one. And then after three of those, we started looking at multifamily.
2: So did you actually um, like live in it, fix it up? sell it and then buy another one yes and how so you did that for what three or four times
0: yeah three three times in a row so over six years we had three houses and then the last one we sold uh, we were well we lived in eastern Ontario then we moved to Quebec City for a few years and out there the houses were more expensive than where we lived in Ontario which is uh, kind of unbelievable but anyway uh, we made, then we came back to Ontario and did another slow flip. And that left us with a, a gap. So the mortgage that we had to break, uh, we had quite a big penalty. So that penalty, we were able to recuperate it by buying something else. And that's where we got into multifamily and bigger deals. And my mother was actually my first tenant. So we bought a, a condo, which I don't recommend doing. And don't get your mother as a tenant. Uh, I love my mother but she was very demanding as a tenant like unbelievable come and plow the snow do this do that paint the walls so it was quite a, a challenge but we learned the ins and outs of tenant management and property management and that came from the proceeds of selling all these houses we were able to buy it.
3: Very cool. So I have like so many questions and so many directions that I I want to take this. But first and foremost, I will say, if you guys are are buying property and you want to sell it, work with your mortgage broker, because there's a difference between open and closed mortgages, as well as, as variable and fixed. And if you're planning on flipping, there's different strategies. So you can avoid that penalty. And what Francois, you're talking about is essentially, you know, let's just say you're, you go with Scotia. Well, Scotia, intended to have five years of interest payments at least from you right so if you sell it within like six months or a year or whatnot well all of a sudden you've got a penalty and, and and again you're paying taxes obviously on the sale of the property however if you're in it for more than a year and it's your primary residence you know there are different differences there however when you are going into another property if you can port that mortgage over you can avoid a lot of those fees is that correct
0: yes yeah exactly that's what happened and there, we, we knew about that. Like when we bought the houses, we, did, we got a closed, um, a closed mortgage. But my father was actually dying. So I wanted to move back to be closer to family. And mm-hmm. at that point, I didn't care about the,
3: of course, the yeah.
0: uh, portability or any of that didn't matter. So, but yes, absolutely. I did learn it the hard way. And it was in Quebec. And that was our first time in Quebec. The laws are very different. Uh, you don't have a lawyer in Quebec. It's a uh, notary and it's actually the seller's or the buyer's notary. So you're, you're assigned a notary. You don't even choose who you work with, which is very tough. And they don't tell you what's the penalty until the day of when it's too late. Oh. So that's what happened to us. We're like, hey, $10,000 short. Oh, nice. Nice surprise. But that's we cool. called, uh, it was with TD. And they said, yeah, you have 120 days to buy something else. And if you buy enough to fill that difference, then you're able to recuperate all of it or most of it and that's what we did and that kind of propelled us so I was mad at the time but now I'm very happy here I am this morning on this podcast because of this penalty
3: <laughs> well I mean we're happy to have you and, and sorry to hear about your dad but just to fast forward then so you went to flipping are you still flipping today or are you holding now um, walk us through your current strategy
0: yeah, we're holding now. I, I really like buy and hold, I, long-term wealth building. That's where you really earn your money. Well, flips, it's good to build some equity and get some cash flow going. Um, especially a, a live-in flip, it's, it's kind of a pain because it's always under construction. Like the house I live in right now, there's still some stuff <laughs> happening. But yeah, now we, yeah, we buy multifamilies and we just hold them. We clean them up, fix them up. We see, uh, look for efficiencies. Can we add a room? Can we add a suite? Can we add a uh, parking? What can we do to make it more uh, cash flow um, positive? And then we hold them for hopefully forever. And then our kids will inherit them. And that's our goal. So.
1: And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors.
3: I wanna take a quick pause from the podcast to introduce you to some of my amazing contractors. On this week's episode, I wanted to introduce you to Rob and Joel, from White Elm Design Build. And Robin Joel just finished my major renovations on my latest Burlington project. And it was a full renovation and absolutely worth it. They've been super easy to work with. I wanted to give you guys some insights on some of the services that. They offer their clients and they focus on Oakville to Hamilton and beyond, but they're really great. Like If you guys are ever in a property and you want to FaceTime or video call Rob or Joel, they can actually give you some insights on what to look for and also how much we are looking at renovations. Because if you're thinking about doing a flip, or a burr project, the reno part is really important to get right to also figure out how much it's gonna cost and what renos are gonna be needed to get the actual maximum after repair value. So super important. They will gladly do these video calls or conference calls with you guys to give you some of those insights. They're really good at getting back to clients quickly. They can also do physical walkthroughs. If you guys are thinking about purchasing a property or you have it under contract, they can do that with you. They're super professional and uh, they've been very involved in my latest project and uh, really on the ball. So super easy to communicate with. They finished on time, on budget, which is really important as we know. And they've got a whole team of trades. They line them up so that they're as efficient as possible. And they work with a lot of investors, but they also do some of the higher-end flip types of projects too. So they work on everything in between. They're fully licensed, insured, WSIB covered. So feel free to reach out to them. They are able to be found at com. That is WhiteElmDesignBuild.com. Or you can send them an email, Joel j-o-e-l at whiteelmdesignbuild.com um, or rob at whiteelmdesignbuild.com um, good luck on your next projects now back to the show
2: so when you say multifamily, though like tell us like how many units like what, what is it a duplex a triplex are you going fourplex six eight twelve what are you what are you what are you doing now and are you thinking about changing that in the future
0: yes yeah i want to grow bigger for sure right now it's more duplex triplex and i have a fiveplex Uh, i've tried the commercial mortgage commercial mortgages to get larger and that's that's great but it's a lot more cash intensive and i know about using other people's money but depends on the market and all that so uh, i have properties in new brunswick i have some in ontario and i'm looking at quebec again even though uh, (laughs) i had a bit of an experience but I still have a lot of people I know out there. So might be interesting. But yeah, I have um, like in Ottawa, I have a duplex I just bought a few weeks ago. And it's very good. It's got a, um, a detached double garage in the back, which could be uh, another unit. So that's why I purchased it. It could be a, a triplex. And the neighbor wants to sell me their duplex. That's right beside it. So I'm going to be looking at that as well hopefully they'll do owner financing that's what i'm hoping for we'll see um i have properties in cornwall so i have two duplexes there one with a walkout basement that could be a third unit so that one i, I enjoyed quite a bit um the other one i use it as a cash cow thanks to um, uh, dahlia barsoom and her team because of sarah larby's podcast so i reached out to dahlia i'm sounding like an ad but I reached out to her team and they helped me refinance the property and the product they got on it is insane there's like three lines of credit so it's readvanceable there's a secured one and an unsecured line of credit and I got money out of it and that property cost me initially $116,000 it's just ridiculous but I pulled out more than what I put in and all of that and I had used private funds to buy it. And anyway, it's just a insane deal.
3: Amazing. That's awesome. Yes, guys, work with a mortgage broker. The mortgage broker will help you maneuver through your plan. Don't go straight to the bank for many reasons. Yes. So you've got, you, you've got a lot of small multifamilies and you talked a little bit about working with a mortgage broker, but also about private money. How are you and your wife financing all of these properties? Are you guys doing this alone? Are you working with partners, JVs, private money? How's that all happening?
0: Yeah, so we do a bit of both. And at first we had more private lenders uh, just through our networking, um, local events, local meetups. I actually hosted my own meet up in collaboration with the right club in Ottawa, which has been amazing. Through that meetup, I uh, met three private lenders and three joint venture partners. So I've, yeah, I've just leveraged those relationships. Um, some people have lent me their uh, the, the down payments to buy the property. And then I qualified for the mortgage or we went more traditional joint venture and I got a partner to qualify and put down the deposits. I put zero money down in it, so uh, I was a beneficial owner of fifty percent of a property without putting any money in, but lots of work. I do all the uh, all the work, so the working partner. Um, yeah, you agreement.
2: talked about vendor like hoping that your next year you might, you might get a vendor take back mortgage have you Have you used vendor take back mortgages before? No and, okay, so have you thought about how you're going to approach? approach the, the vendor?
0: Yes, I've, I've actually come close to getting a vendor take back on multiple properties, but always with the financing, that's usually where it gets complicated. Um, again, we need someone very experienced with some creative financing. And so far for me, it hasn't worked out the vendor take back. We've had to go a bit more traditional, borrow the money, put it in an account, sit on it for 30 days, then get the mortgage and just buy it outright. So it's not a vendor take back. It's just a, a loan and then a, a second mortgage. Um, but yeah, vendor take back. How do I approach them? So I, yeah, I, I explained it to the people like all the benefits. Uh, usually they own multiple properties. So there's less uh, capital gains. They can uh, still make more money with their property because they're selling it over a few years. All of these uh, factors. Yeah, I'll have to approach it uh, that way with them.
3: Absolutely, and you mentioned work with professionals, right? Get a really good lawyer, yes. get a really good mortgage broker. Um, you know, all that stuff is is super important. And and I will say, in the markets that we've been, you know, even just looking back, and I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's been harder because a lot of people know they can put it on the market and they can usually get their price, and they're they're going to go into bidding wars and they're going to sell it, right? So there hasn't been a whole lot of VTBs in the smaller, in the smaller multis, bigger multis, you know, it, it happens a little bit more often, but I, I think there's going to be a really good opportunity, you know, once this whole thing subsides a little bit and, and, uh, and people are more motivated to sell and maybe there's a little bit less, you know, demand and, and a lot of supply and that changes, that's where you might have more people looking at those alternative options.
0: I think so.
2: I'm also wondering if, Two, rather than in the larger centers, there might be more opportunity in the smaller centers, like smaller, like smaller cities and towns where there's not such a, like an insane frenzy on, on, on real estate right now. Cause I, right now I think it's over. It's just, it's just, it's stupid. And it's just in the big centers. It's just ridiculous. It doesn't matter what, what city you're in, in this country. It's just insane.
3: Everything's insane right now. Are, are you finding that as well, Francois? Like where where are you looking and where you're looking? Are there multiple bids all the time on everything that is investor friendly or what are you seeing on your end?
0: Yeah, no matter the market, small towns, small cities. New Brunswick, Moncton is very, very hot. Uh, Moncton is insane. Maybe smaller towns like Shedziak um, and Caraquet. the smaller towns in New Brunswick, I think... You'd have fewer multiple bids. Even I, I live in eastern Ontario, Ottawa, but uh, Cornwall, Cornwall is super hot, multiple offers. Like we were one of eight on one of our, our buildings there. So it's not Ottawa. Ottawa, usually there's like 84 bids. Some a <laughs> property just went for 250K over asking. Uh, Cornwall is more like 50K over asking. So but I mean, as an investor, you can't. You, you run your numbers and this is my number and i that's it. So I'll, I'll wait. I'd rather wait another year to get one and at the hard. right price.
3: You guys, there's, you you have your number as an investor, right? We're, right now, we're competing likely with a lot of homeowners. I mean, I was just putting a, another offer in for a cottage and it went 275000 over with no condo- oh. So we're competing against a lot of homeowners or people that are Moving for themselves, or it's it's just tough, right? But I'm glad that you mentioned you have your number. You're an investor. You stick to it, and something else will come. Yes. Um, I mean, it's it's not uncommon. I make ten offers for maybe one. You know, maybe if that, I probably a lot more when you look at it. And uh, and it's tough, but at some point things will change, right? The market is a cycle. It goes up and it goes down, and there's more demand, and then there's more supply, and vice versa, right? Whether it's, you know, a matter of two years or 10 years, there's, there's always cycles and everything. So at some point, you're going to get something else that's going to make sense. So I'll get something else that'll make sense. And so will Laurel. So you've got, a, you know, obviously a, a great, a great setup with a multifamily. And you mentioned your kids in the beginning and how you're talking to them a little bit. And talk to, talk to us about how you're making it, you know, you're, you're involving your family. And, and you mentioned your kids, why it's important to talk to your kids about it
0: yeah so actually we named our company fl homes corp not for francois lantier but for family lantier homes corporation so we actually have meetings bi-weekly with the kids and they sit at our board meeting because it's a corporation you're supposed to have meetings and meeting minutes and all that fun stuff which they learn so they actually get to vote on things they're not directors yet because they're 14 and 16 very soon to be 15 and 17 and um yeah, they, they they understand about the financials. We run all the numbers with them. Okay, this property is going to earn us this much cash flow and we need to charge this much rent. And our son actually helps with one of our Ottawa properties because it's walking distance from our house. So he goes and mows the lawn. He's doing property management. So that's what we tell him. And he helps, he's fixed a few things. Other uh, kids are great at removing carpet. <laughs> So child labor, think about it. They do get paid. So we pay them a salary. Uh, they have a time um, a time chart, like where they check off their hours, what they've done. Um, and they see everything. So they know about the podcast this morning. They're like, yeah, you can do it, dad. And <laughs> so well, you know,
2: like I I was at your home, um, what a week ago, and I saw the, 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 the chart on the wall where your kids like, they might write write down what they're doing, right, or how many hours they put in. And your, your oldest one wants to your son wants to buy his own property, right? As soon as he yeah. can.
0: yeah, he's thinking about with all this COVID happening, maybe not going to university. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see, or well, maybe doing probably. it and inv- and investing all at once. Um, my wife actually has a cousin who who did that. He used his student loan to invest. So anyway, that kind of planted a seed there. But anyway, we put some money aside for him, and some of the real estate is actually to help finance studies. But we'll see. I did most of my studies online. So even back in the day, like I, I, I went to college in London, but university was Athabasca. Everything was virtual back in 2008. So I, there's great potential to do everything online.
1: And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors.
0: Hey, Right Club Nation, we want to take a quick break from the podcast
3: to introduce you to a longtime supporter of the Wright Club and many members of the Right
1: Club Nation, Mr. Dylan Suter of Elevation Realty. Dylan, take it away. Thank you so much for this opportunity. We as Elevation Realty are the sponsor for the real estate slot at the Wright Club and we have been attending since the second Right Club. We are an investment focused, high volume real estate team serving the Golden Horseshoe from Oakville down to Niagara. If you are looking to increase your cash flows or you want to find an incredible opportunity, we deal with builders, we deal with off market opportunities, as well as we are very creative and negotiate the best deal for even on market opportunities. We've helped a number of clients with the Right Club find flips, single family rentals, duplex conversions, three and four unit renovations, all the way up to large residential buildings with high cash flow.
3: Guys, and I have to say, I stand behind Elevation and Dylan. They found me. My last few properties have done an amazing job. Hundred percent recommend them. So thank you for all your hard work.
1: Now back to the podcast, and now back to the show.
3: Yeah, and you know, here's the thing: is university is not the be-all and end-all anymore. There was a period of time that, like, that's what you do in order to get a job, but you know, in order to become wealthy the mindset is that you don't want to be an employee working for somebody else like you could do no. it every, you know a short amount of time as you're you're you know saving your your money from your salary or what you can and then you're investing that but i actually don't think it's that bad of an idea because ultimately, what you're going to spend a hundred thousand, fifty thousand, and obviously it depends where they go for something that they may or may not use. I mean, I went to school for nursing, I'm not doing anything with nursing. Like, yes I, <laughs> yes, I passed, and you know, but at the end of the day, I could have gone to school for anything, I could have done it online, and I would have likely come and had the same results at the end of the day. So yeah. You know, it's I don't I don't think it's necessary anymore. And I think you guys think you're entrepreneurs, right? So you think outside the box. It's not like you're like, oh, your kids have to go to school, they have to go to university in order to get a job and become an employee. Like that is, you know, sorry, sorry to say, but that that mindset is is old it is old school. It's just it doesn't work like that anymore.
0: It yeah. is. And just I, I listen to a lot of um I'm not sure in English the future, so People that predict the future, not mediums or clairvoyance or anything like that, but people that look at trends and an analysis. I, I really forget the word in English there. but Anyway, the, the trends with all that's happening with COVID, a lot of robots and automa- like autom- automation will happen everywhere, even in retirement homes. If you look at Japan, they use robots for retirement homes, things like that, which seems very far-fetched in Canada, but it's not. Give it a few years. And that's gonna cut off a lot of jobs that people, university grads would have taken. So now you have to create your own job. And I've, I've been in that, in that business, like creating my own job for years. So I see that for my kids, absolutely. But having a BA is always nice on your resume, but no employer checks that very, very rarely, unless you're in a specialized field, so.
2: Well, I and mean, you know what, if you want to take a course, you can do it any right? Yeah. Like, there's nothing that says you can't, like education is great. You learn and it opens up all kinds of doors. So if you want to take a course online or even in person, because eventually we'll be doing it again, do it. That's doesn't need to be all at once packed into four years as soon as you leave secondary school. Um, but I want to get on to another question about how you manage your properties. Because you have a lot of properties all over the place.
0: Yeah. Uh, so how do, you,
2: like, how do you do the property management? That's a big deal for people.
0: Yes. So actually in New Brunswick, Of obviously I can't go because you would need 14-day isolation and just the traveling and all that and owning the business and the family and everything. So I have property management out there and um, they look after the property and we just hear back from financials and they send us videos and photos of what's happening. Do we need repairs? Things like that. Uh, locally, I do it myself, which maybe isn't the best idea for scaling. For scaling, normally you want a team, but I haven't found that team yet that I'm happy with. Uh, same with New Brunswick. I just recently switched to uh, a very good company. I had some very bad experience right before that, so it's it's hard to delegate your properties. I They're a little bit like my babies. So, <laughs> like I said, the interior designer and me, I just see things, oh, you're not doing the right way. You don't paint, you push too hard on the paintbrush. So I'm a little bit of a control freak, which is not very good for property management.
3: <laughs> so I, I think, but I agree with you, right? I, I think if if it's manageable and you're not spending hours and hours and hours on it, then, I mean, I self-manage my own properties, but I'll tell you, it doesn't take a whole lot of time because you know, good, like, you know, HVAC contractors, handyman. And- exactly. And so, because I mean, you know, just, just from one person that manages to another, like how long does it take you on an average month to manage the properties that you're managing as an example?
0: Most months, zero minutes. Okay. Because <laughs> what I did, and that, that's the biggest tip is get good tenants. The good tenants will take care of the place. Yeah. And then you just show up and have some tenants that call me, oh, oh the grass would need a little bit more, um, more fertilizer. Well, okay, I, I send them some fertilizers and they just fertilize it for me and that's it or the other person oh the porch needs some painting i just call them up hey would you like to paint i'll send you some paint and some paint brushes and they do it And the next few weeks i drive past oh yeah it's looking good thank you and that's it so good tenants that care about where they live now obviously this is a small multifamily, so that's why we're able to do that like a duplex triplex if it's a complex i'm not going to get someone to start paint the halls and stuff but uh, they each have individual entrances, so they have beautiful gardens. So yeah, it's just a lot of months is zero minutes actually.
3: <laughs> well, there you go. Right. So, so you're going to hire a property manager for, I don't know, five or eight or 10% uh, a month off of your gross for maybe two, three, four, five minutes, or just fielding calls. So, you know, yeah. I, I think it's it's totally fine. I mean, and at some point, so like, you know, my plan is at some point, I'm just gonna take my portfolio and I'm gonna be traveling a lot more. And maybe at that point, I'm gonna give the whole portfolio to somebody who, you know, when they have multiples and multiples, rather than just a handful, you're gonna be much more of an important client. So they're gonna have, you know, likely they're gonna pay a little bit more attention to it because they don't wanna, you know, lose the entire portfolio. But if, if it's working for you, I mean, I i love self-managing myself like you said tenants are are super important and we have to control who we give the keys to as much as possible if you can yes. yourself. have you ever had any any bad horror tenant situations or have you i
0: have one currently unfortunately <laughs> so it's a separation and it's just gone very very sour and anyway we're just working through the process of eviction um, this one's going to be tough though because uh, she doesn't fit most of the categories in the landlord and tenant board. So the rent's always paid on time. Uh, there were there were some noise issues, but then the tenants upstairs moved out and they, they were the ones complaining and the new tenant doesn't mind the noise. So I can't get a complaint. And then there's some damage, but then she repaired it. And anyway, it's just ongoing everything gets fixed just as soon as i'm trying to evict the person then there's a new surprise so everybody gets one i think it's part it's it's part of the deal and anyway it's it's very hard they came with good references but i learned that previous um, landlords lie (laughs) yes so that's a big tip everybody who's listening to this references from a previous landlord you have to take it with a big grain of salt and (laughs) be aware sometimes they're trying to get rid of a bad tenant and just saying, oh yes, they're wonderful. Yeah.
3: Current. So current landlords lie. yeah, Past landlords that are, are have already got rid of them, you know, likely don't have a reason to live, but I agree with you that their current one that they're living in, if they're bad and they're trying to get them evicted or, or whatnot, they're, you know, take that with a grain of salt, 100%. Yeah. How, how do you find
2: your tenants? Like, uh, I know we're, we're soon going to be finished talking, but if you can quickly just... Tell us how you find your tenants and, and what do you look for in tenants?
0: Yeah, so we advertise on well in Ottawa, Zumper.com is very good. Uh, Facebook Marketplace is amazing for Cornwall uh, New Brunswick. It's my property management. So, yeah, just free ads, Kijiji depends on the market. But I find uh, Ottawa Zomper is the best place. And like I said, Cornwall Facebook Marketplace. And what do I look for? Um, I want to see strong financials so that they're able to actually pay for the rent. Like they it's not, if their rent is a thousand dollars a month that I want them to earn $3,000 a month, like third, about 30% at the most. But if they're earning 2k and they're spending 1k in rent, it, they're putting themselves in trouble. So I, 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 I care about the tenants. I want to make sure they're okay. And, that they do well. And maybe this is not the right place for them. That's all. It just becomes a bad situation if you don't, if it's too expensive, so.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So again, it sounds like you've got a good process. You've got a lot of steps you, you go through uh, just to make sure and verify that your, your information is in fact correct. So what's the next step for you? I mean, where do you, you know, want to take the real estate investing to at, at the next level? What does that look like and when?
0: Yes. So just a few weeks ago, I was bidding on a 14 unit building and it had land to double in size. So I'm looking at more redeveloping, looking for bigger projects like that, Uh, larger multifamilies that have more like 20 units and up um, more commercial mortgages and just focusing on the markets where I have investments. I want to buy more in Ottawa. I want to buy more in Cornwall and more in Moncton I like building nodes so I having about at least three properties per area and then you have a team around it because you need a lawyer you need a, a mortgage broker depending on the market New Brunswick I can't use the same people as in Ontario so time consuming uh, great potential though like three percent rule instead of one percent rule so it's, it's very rewarding
3: can you explain that for those that are wondering what that means
0: yeah, so like one percent rule. Let's say you buy the property for a hundred thousand, then you want a thousand dollars in rent per month. Just a easy number. So my so far, New Brunswick and Cornwall for me have been more like three percent. So if I pay a hundred thousand, I get three thousand in rent. Not exactly, but somewhere around that. So, so that's, more
3: cash flow in comparison, but maybe not as much appreciation
0: as yeah. My- Oh no no, appreciation, forget it. That's not the GTA or Ottawa. So that's why I like Ottawa as for appreciation, and then the other ones are for cash flow. But believe it or not, I've I've managed cash flow in Ottawa, which is it's very good. It took me a year to find the right property and probably forty offers and a hundred visits, but I found one, so I'll keep looking.
3: What what is the one? Is it a duplex, a triplex? A
0: duplex. Yeah.
3: Did you create the duplex or did you buy it as no, a
0: duplex? bought it as is, which is crazy. Because <laughs> normally to get that money, you need to buy a single house and add a basement suite, get the zoning and things change. But here it was ready made. It was an el- elderly gentleman that uh, was moving to a retirement home. So it was just perfect. And it was on market, multiple bidding offers. I paid more than asking, but it was still way underpriced even after that so it's just a great deal.
2: So Francois I have a question for you and this is kind of a little bit of a just a little bit of a left turn from what we've been talking about but but still on point and that is that why are you doing all this like what is it that you and, and Jennifer your wife eventually want to do because real estate and you and I've talked about this real estate's just the vehicle right it's just the vehicle yeah. so what is it you want to do?
0: Uh, well we want to probably go back to what we enjoy is the interior design so probably get and I, I like more properties more houses that we enjoy and have fun with the the design like being able to afford uh, changing the floor oh it's going one way and then the next year the other way and <laughs> herringbone <laughs> pattern I just love the herringbone pattern I want it everywhere on the walls um, drinking wine like you do Laurel so we bought a a small cottage with our it's some money from our investments in Prince Edward County so just enjoying the beach and Curacao of course that's my my other goal so I'd like to be in Canada six months and probably Curacao six months of the year but I do want some winter so I'll probably need a third property for winter somewhere Uh, just yeah have fun with that traveling um, financial independence doing some silly things and
3: Awesome Hoping
0: for know. fancy furniture. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so you actually got my mind thinking about Curacao um, and we're like, Oh, you know what, maybe with the right club, we just like have like a little headquarters there or something. But, but just for, for those people wondering, okay, like, you know, where do they, they go down the road for somewhere warm, you know, cause my goal as well is, is to be a snowbird too. What, what is it about Curacao that drew you to that country?
0: It's just the the financial situation, the politics and everything. My realtor in Ottawa, that's that's her uh, retirement plan. So in about four years time, she's uh, retiring there. And well, actually, she's going to be selling real estate over there because it's very, very hot and it's just self-managed. There's condos and resorts. Uh, There's no um, hurricanes or anything like that out there. Healthcare is quite good and it's mostly in English so it's easy it's not there's no language barrier so uh, yeah and it's part of the Netherlands I think so that's also very good politically to invest just that in the weather it's beautiful and it's it's fairly affordable so just very positive
3: awesome very just need to
0: be able to fly out there soon (laughs) (laughs)
3: i know it that's awesome all right so we could keep talking about so many things and you know one day we'll have to have you back because you you have tons of great insights to share but we're going to do our next part of the show which is called our lightning round so we're going to ask you a series of four questions laurel and i will take turns and you are going to give us the first answer that comes to mind are you ready yes And check out their website, butlermortgages.com or by email, daniel.patton at butlermortgages.com or michael.zanzini at butlermortgages.com. And let's go to the lightning round. All right. So question number one, what is the best advice that you have ever received from another investor or at a networking event?
0: So action precedes motivation. That's actually from a, a podcast, but... (laughs) anyway action precedes motivation it's kind of like when you want to work out you have to get up and get moving you're not usually motivated so just taking action and then you get the motivation you get the tools and all that so it's just something I, i see everywhere in my life and i think it's the biggest biggest thing best advice it's very simple
2: so in other words do it first see some results and get motivated from the results and then, that, and then do more. So yes. that's a really good way to do it. All right. Yeah. So now question number two, what is your favorite resource for real estate investing? And that can be anything, book, training, person, event.
0: So one book I wrote down, it's actually in French. So it's by Jacques Lépine, L'indépendance financière grâce à l'immobilier. So anyway, it's similar to Don R. Campbell's Investing in Canada or something. I I forget the the exact name, but it's very similar. I read both books. That book, what's nice about it, it's uh, very, it's it's like 120 pages and it goes through all the real estate investing techniques. So you, they talk about JV using other people's money, vendor take backs, uh, most popular techniques in a super short format. So I love reading, but usually with everything I do, I have like five minutes per day to read. So <laughs> that book was just perfect. And also 40 Days to Success in Real Estate Investing by Robert Shemin, S-H-E-M-I-N. I'm not sure how you say it, but great book again, a great summary, very short, easy to read
3: awesome all right very cool i think you're the first guest that has recommended a french book but for those people that speak french (laughs) it it sounds like a great option (laughs) all right question number three what is the one attribute that has made you most successful
0: remembering my why so that actually comes from laurel (laughs) it's kind of why i love working with the right club is laurel always says like your why has to be strong well yes because some days you wonder why, why am I doing all this crazy stuff? And when you have a bad tenant or complicated transaction, uh, the money's coming in like an hour before the closing, things like that, having that strong why. So that's kept me going and very important to me.
2: Yeah, I know. It's, it, it really, truly, if you don't have the strong why, you're, you're dead in the water because it's just, oh, yeah. it can be tough sometimes. And, and, you know, we all know that it's, that's just the way it is and you got to pick yourself up and keep on going and if you're wise what gets you going all right question four what do you typically do on a sunday morning
0: so i'm i'm christian so sunday morning is for church um that's actually a big part of my life and um yeah i i'm pentecostal so we believe in in, and prosperity and building wealth through uh, god's gifts so anyway that's what we do. We go to church. Our church is very modern. Everything is filmed. It's broadcast on on, uh, Facebook and YouTube. There's podcasts. It's very similar to the investment world. So I use that as an analogy. And our pastor is actually an investor himself. So we're very, very investor friendly. Very cool. Time with the family. Uh, We review as well what we do. And and sometimes we are swiping through MLS for properties. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
3: very nice awesome francois where can the right club nation reach out or find out more about you
0: yes so i I love social media i used to do that as a a hobby and then a business Uh, so i'm on facebook francois m lantier or fl homes corp as well on instagram fl fl underscore homes underscore corp and on linkedin as well so i'm very very active on linkedin i love dealing with other business uh, people that's actually a great place to get a fellow investors and twitter somewhat as well yeah.
3: very cool and on the
0: rightclub.com my goodness let's not forget about that go on the rightclub.com you have a wonderful linkedin for real estate investors so let's use it
3: awesome françois any last Final words of advice for the Right Club Nation.
0: Uh, so whatever you think is possible is possible. And whatever you think is not possible is not possible. And that's actually so true in everything you do. So If you think you can't do it, you're not going to do it. If you think you can, you will. So just yeah, just do it, Nike. <laughs>
3: <laughs> just do it. Awesome. Thank you, Francois. It's been a pleasure having you on. And uh and congratulations on all your success. It's so motivating to see. Thank you. So Sarah, well, wow, what a story. I mean,
2: Francois's got so much experience and he started with well, with one house that he moved into
3: with into with his wife and two small kids, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's really cool how he's involving the kids in his board meetings and having the kids participate in the property management stuff. And it's actually really cool that they're both into it as well. Because sometimes you've got kids that don't want anything to do with it. And then maybe down the road, they change their mind or maybe they never do. But it is really cool that he's got, you know, this is like a family thing that they do together. They spend family time doing and educating their kids. And it's actually really awesome
2: yeah it really is and, and, and as I said in in the interview, I was actually at their house, and I saw the chart on the on the wall and you know the the kids are really interested and they were in, were in you know wanting to know why I was there. We were doing some club business and um they, they're they 're really involved, and the the oldest one wants to buy a house, and he 's really anxious and you know he wants to do more and more work so that he can you know bring in the money and it's it 's really cool because as a family you said, like you said, they're, they're doing it together, but those kids, I mean, you think about it when they're 30 or 40, think of the, the wealth they're going to have because gosh, they started when they're 18. It's was like, wish I'd started when I was 18. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, that's a, uh, it's a great thing. And I'm, I'm also happy to see that like he, he started with flipping cause he was building the cash and then he turned into buying and holding Um, and doing some rentals, but holding for the long-term wealth creation. And I think the kids are are learning from some really experienced folks. I mean, you know, yes, he's been doing it for 15 years, but I think the scale happened in the last two years where he, you know, did his strategies and his processes and procedures. And it is really, and I'm excited to see, you know, his progress as well. Cause if he's done what he's done in the last, I mean, really it's been the last two years, he's going to He's going to do really well. And he's a guy of action. So, and the kids too. And, you know, the kids are are learning and and absorbing it, which is awesome. So Sarah, what's one thing that really struck you out of that interview? I mean, I I really like the fact that he started from nothing, did it and took action. And and like he said, right, if you think you can, you will do it. And if you think you can't, you won't do it. Um, and it's, and it just all goes back to just taking action, just learning enough, not having analysis paralysis, understanding what you need to do and going out there and getting it done. That's really cool.
2: Yeah. And the other way I've heard it put is if you think you can't, you're right. And if you think you can, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) So it It comes down to what's in the, the real estate in your, in your brain, right? In your head. That's what counts. So, um, you know, one thing that really struck me, I started to laugh and I even wrote a little note about it.
3: It was don't rent to your mother <laughs> oh, I know. we could have gone through a whole different like like because I, I i will say i had a similar experience where we were renting to, to my sister-in-law like renting to family usually 99 yeah. percent of the time is not a good idea <laughs> but, so, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah don't don't rent to family really not a good idea <laughs>
3: If you've had a good experience renting to family, though, we'd love to hear from you because <laughs> you are likely one of, of you know, very few. Um,
2: yes, yes, <laughs> exactly. So... um if you'd like to reach out to us, just both Sarah and I—we're really easy to get hold of. It's Sarah at therightclub.com or Laurel at therightclub.com. We'd love to hear from people. Join us, please. Join us at therightclub.com. Connect with us there. There's lots of information. There's lots of resources and lots of other people too. So it's a really growing community. So please join
3: us. We'd love to see you. That's it. And Right Club Nation, until next time, don't forget, come grow with us. Now online, therightclub.com. Have a great evening, Laurel, and uh, we'll talk soon. Okay, bye-bye, everyone.
1: Thanks for listening to The Right Club Podcast and joining our community of real estate investors online at therightclub.com, where the focus is about helping you grow. We look forward to seeing you again next week. Thanks from your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi.